Hello, welcome to the very first episode of What Say Youth, a youth lead podcast on media and the current issues in Malaysia. We are the host for today. I'm Salas, and I'm Jasmine. Do you have something to say? Voice from the youth on What Say Youth. Back in April, the news about a 17-year-old named Ain Husniza was all over the internet. She shared her real-life story regarding a joke made by a male teacher during the physical and health education class. The male teacher allegedly told the class that if you were to commit rape, target those above 18 years old. After her sharing on TikTok went viral, she faced rape threats from male schoolmates and received a warning letter for not attending school, even though she informed the school of her fear for her safety. In today's session. We are very fortunate to be able to invite Ain and the representative of All Women Action Society, also known as Awam, Miss Alicia, to our podcast to discuss about the issue of sexual harassment in Malaysia educational institution and how media can play a part in combating this issue. Let's welcome Ain and Alicia. Hi, Ayn. So, would you like to give a short introduction about yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Ayn Sneeza. I'm 17 years old, and right now I'm for the movement hashtag Make School a Safer Place, which focuses on making school mm. a safer environment for students to speak about their opinions and also tell their problems to teachers. So, um, how are you recently? Like, um, what have you been doing recently so far? Um, recently it's already been about like two months after, mm. after the issue went viral, mm. but I don't see there's any action going to be taken soon by mm. the government. Mm. So right now, um, I'm really just like studying and like focusing on my SPM, but also at the same time, it's something quite makes me a bit disappointed to see this lack of response especially mm. by the government on this yeah. issue mm. so maybe before we start our discussion can Elisa from Awam like share with our listener about what is sexual harassment as it cover a wide range of contexts yeah sure um, so sexual harassment um, in like the broadest term is basically any form of sexual behavior that mm. is unwanted by the recipient that makes them feel unsafe, threatened, in danger. And there's a lot of types that fall under it. So mm. broadly speaking, there are six types. So there's verbal, non-verbal, visual, not like gestural, mm. physical, and also now online sexual harassment cases arising. So it's not just physical sexual harassment that you can uh, be affected by. It's all mm. of these things. But mm. the main thing that we want to, that sexual harassment is, is something that's unwanted by the recipient. As long as uh, the the victims or the, the person she feel or he feel uncomfortable, then that is a kind of sexual harassment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so back to Ayn. Like, why do you choose TikTok as the platform to voice out these issues like compared to other platforms? Are there any specific reasons? Um for me, um, there's not really any specific mm. reason for that. I think a lot of our youth today or mm. people my age 
usually use social media as a form of like telling their experience of or their opinions of basically what happens in their day mm-hmm. and i believe um tiktok is one of the most widely used social media currently especially by the youth and that's what why i use the social mm. media platform and why i felt like um i could share my opinions on there and like um what went through my day comfortably but there's no really specific reason why i chose to post it on that platform it was simply because it was just a social media platform mm. so yeah throughout this month mm. in you have been actively voicing out about sexual harassment and your and your experience and voicing about your opinions. So what do you think that is the key lessons that you have gained from throughout this whole experience in this past few months? I think the word, the appropriate word for learning experience is like, it's, it doesn't really fit on like my situation. It is something that I had to realize the harsh way. And um, the things I had to realize the harsh way was that people don't really care about these victims right now in our society. They don't really think that it's a really big problem. And clearly, the issue is deep-rooted in our society. It goes to our authorities, to our people in power, mm-hmm. to our teachers in school, literally everyone in every aspect of society. I guess that's what I um, learned so far, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I said just now learn in a harsh way. So I'm quite impressed by it because as a 17 years old girl who have this type of mature thinking. So is it have something to do with your growing backgrounds? Like your parents keep giving you courages or do you have any other special experience that make you so tough? Mm, for me, it's just, it's what I deserve, you know. Mm. Like, I know that I deserve the closure and I deserve mm. the justice when and I do not deserve having these kind of things happen to me especially in school mm-hmm. and I believe that's what a lot of other students and a lot of our youth are lacking right now it's because mm. people don't let them learn like really what they deserve like they don't know like what what kind of good education they should receive what kind of what kind of treatment they should get for from other people that's what they don't know. But I do know that. And that's why it's something that I must get. Like, you can't treat me like this. You as a teacher, you can't say that word. Mm. And how is everybody else in the society letting this be? Mm. It's because you haven't learned to respect yourself. I know this because I respect myself and I know that I don't deserve this kind of treatment. And therefore, no other student should also receive this kind of treatment. It's not yeah. just like about me being tough, being strong. It's something that literally should be in each and every person. They should know to respect themselves and not let them go through this kind of treatment. And people should respect other people not to treat someone like that. And clearly, mm. our society hasn't learned that. They have failed in that, especially in education and in our schools. Mm. Yeah, I think it takes a quite long progress for everyone for us to learn through this. So after her incident happens, we saw there are many people that react and even treat her. So I want to ask Alisa about your opinions. Like, why do you think there are people who will react negatively towards these issues? I think I think Ayn's right. It is a, it is a societal issue. It's a very kind of embedded mm. issue in our society. 
um, I think we as a society have a tendency to victim blame. So when we see a survivor speaking out, mm. we uh, we say, oh, it must be because of what she was wearing or it mm. must be what she was doing or whatever. Like none of these behaviors, like what you were wearing or how you were doing, actually invites this kind of violence. You know, we tend to undervalue women and children just because our society tends to really value men and, mm. um, you know, male institutions or so people in power. Mm. So we tend to value them more than we value our women and children opinion. So that means that there are voices not being heard or voices not being validated. Mm. Like imagine imagine a world where this the society didn't listen to Ayn or people like Ayn, then we wouldn't have the courage to other survivors wouldn't have the courage to speak up about sexual harassment in schools so Hmm. the reason i think why people will react negatively is because they're uncomfortable with people speaking out against them against Hmm. the status quo they are comfortable with that and i think that's the main reason yeah Hmm. Uh, as curiously we have found that awam have carried out studies on 275 testimonia regarding the alleged sexual harassment and also bullying cases. So can you share with us like what is the prominent findings on all these related cases? Um, so, so these are 275 testimonies that we collected from, uh, from people who came to Awang, from uh, Nalisa, who was a social media influencer, and also Terry, uh, he's also an activist on Twitter. So they got survivors um, coming into their DMs, kind of telling them the stories and everything. Um, so all of that amounted to 275. So in that 275, 125 cases were period spot checked, um, 109 were bullying, and 90 mm. were sexual harassment. So these were kind of the three major types of abuses that we saw in school. Mm. So the Prominent finding would be the fact that the biggest group of survivors that disclosed their ages, because some of them did not disclose their ages, I think they were uncomfortable or they mm. they couldn't quite um, remember when it happened. Because mm. some of these survivors, uh, the incidents had happened years ago. Mm. So the uh, the biggest group of survivors that disclosed their ages were seven to twelve when the incident happened. Seven to twelve. Yeah. Okay. Followed closely by thirteen to fifteen year olds. Um. So that's very disturbing in and of itself. The mm. fact that these the the students going through this are so young, mm. and what's even more disturbing is that a majority of the perpetrators were actually those in authority. So about um seventy nine percent of uh the perpetrators were uh, people made up of teachers, wardens, ustads, mm-hmm. and ustazas, and most of them were actually uh also female teachers who perpetrated the crime. Mm. This was uh, especially the case with the uh, period spot checks. So there were a lot of ustazas that actually perpetrated the crime. I think these are some of the things I think it was it was really sad to see mm. in numbers, to see that this many people had gone through it and this mm. many people were were seven to twelve year olds who were really yeah, under so age, young. Who were so young. That they're and, so innocent that they don't even yeah. know they are being sexually yeah. harassed. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the survivors that came to us were uh, they said, um, oh, I didn't know it at the time mm. that I was being sexually harassed. I, I didn't know it at the time that it was wrong. Um, so it was only like years later when we found, when they said like, oh, this was actually, this is actually traumatizing for me. This is, this has affected me for so many years. Mm. So that's, 
um, it's nice to see it in numbers, but it is equally heartbreaking to know that 275 mm. uh, survivors actually went through this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing all the information and thoughts. We'll have a break and get back to you. Do you have something to say? Voice from the youth on What Say Youth. Welcome back. Now, we will be discussing about students' rights and what can be done better in handling sexual harassment. So, um, want to ask about Elisa and also Ayn. Like, usually when things happen uh, in terms of sexual harassment or even like rap joke, what can a student do? As a student, what I believe uh, was the best for me to do at that time was, of course, tell another teacher mm. about what had happened. Mm. But as you can see in my case, my counselor Mm. that I told the problem to have told it back to me that I was being emotional Mm. and sensitive. Mm. And which he even asked me back, what can I do about it? Mm. That shows that our teachers are not really well prepared in what actually to do when a student go through these kind of problems. And that's why right now in our institutions, we have not prepared enough um, enough guidelines really to really mm-hmm. handle these kind of problems and help our victims in school of sexual harassment. And that's why these teachers are able to do this. Like they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And some students, they don't know what kind of sexual harassment they've gone through. But um, the best thing you could do is... Uh, go to your teacher about mm. it and yeah. um, if needed the best thing you can do is like collect evidence of what happened mm. and like um, that's really sad about it because even in my situation a lot of people um, they don't believe me and uh. they say um, um, she's just lying mm. um, she, she just wants attention mm. but uh, yeah you need to collect evidence mm. Other than that, you can go through straight, just report to the police and mm. such and such. But really, there should be better outlets for students to get this kind of help. And that's what we're trying to provide. And one of the initiatives that I really want to see happen is for the sexual harassment bill to be tabled in parliament. Mm. Mm. But as a student, that's what I view that you can do. You can um First, you can tell your teacher mm. Um, you can tell your parent mm. and you can either report to the police. And let me tell you, if you're a student, you can go report to report to the police alone, okay? Even your parent don't support you, you can go alone. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Ayin. How about Alisa? Yeah. I, I think I, I have to agree with Ayin with a lot of the points. I think the first thing is just to reach out to your community. So mm. an empathetic friend, a parent, a teacher. Um, but obviously some of these students don't have these support systems you have to mm. remember that some of these people don't don't have them so mm. you can reach out also to uh, different organizations so awam obviously has uh, free counseling and then they give uh, we give also free legal information services um, if you do want to go to, re- to report to the police because we have actually accompanied survivors to go to the police to actually make a report and we can help you through it step by step so mm. these are the things that you can do right now which um, going to the police gives you a bit of a power, mm. uh, you know, a bit of control over the situation. Mm. But if you kind of don't want to take that that, uh, that measure, obviously, like I said, in schools, some of the counselors are not prepared 
are not well enough prepared mm. to deal with these, these sexual harassment cases. Mm. So we need to have that in place as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what you can do right now. Mm. Just wondering, are there any SOP or like procedure or flow chart in addressing sexual harassment complaint in school? Let's say, for example, if I reach out to the teacher, mm-hmm. but the teachers mm-hmm. don't want to lie on me. So okay. what, what can I do in terms of like um, in school institutions? If you're a student, you mean? Mm, yeah. If you're, if you're like a, a minor? Yeah. Um, so in the school itself, there's no proper system for it. Uh, meaning you will have to report on your own, like mm. with your parent or your guardian or uh, anything. So there's, there's actually a specific uh, law. I don't know if we're going into this later or not, but I'm, mm. I'm just going to... Um, talk about it now there is a law yeah, protecting can. students and minors it's called the sexual oh. offenses against children bill 2017 mm. Mm. Um, which deals with sex, uh, child grooming sexual communication sexual assault um, so these are really big things that you if you've been through then you can definitely uh, you know uh, tell them okay uh, the just use the uh, soac 2017 however that doesn't encompass all manners of sexual harassment Mm-hmm. Um, it protects you from the big things like child grooming from sexual assault it's mm-hmm. really good but in terms of sexual harassment there's no like explicit language protecting uh, students about that there's like sexual communication like sometimes mm-hmm. like verbal language mm-hmm. but other than that I don't think I don't think it's co- covered under the SOAC mm-hmm. I might be wrong but I've, I've read it but uh, I might be that's the case that I've seen yeah so that, that one also covered the students like young yes, adults. It covers ah, minors. Minors. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. So, so far, we don't really have the sexual mm. harassment deal in Malaysia, right? So, mm. um, are there any laws that can offer legal protections to the survivor? Uh, okay, so so you have the SOAC mm. 2017 that can protect SOAC. minors from some, from some uh, sexual offences. Mm. Um, and not all, but some. It's a good, it's a good start. Other mm. than that, there's a penal code 501 um, where you can report your perpetrator. Mm. Um, but the problem with that is that it has a high burden of proof. So like I said, you, oh. you should uh, collect evidence and stuff. Mm. But if you do not have enough or you do not have any, um, there might be um, a chance that your case, your report is withdrawn because you don't have oh. enough evidence. And then there is the Employment Act that specifically uh, protects people in employment. Ah, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, but there's no kind of cohesive bill or act that does deal with sexual harassment. Mm. Um, that's why we've been pushing so hard to table mm. the um, sexual harassment bill. I think mm. we've been doing it for years and years. Mm, um, yeah. But I, I think it's because the, the anti-sexual harassment bill, the one that's been hopefully been been drafted, helps everyone. So, mm. sexual harassment against students, against minors, mm. against. Um, people who aren't employed because mm. the employment act only protects those who are employed. Employment. Mm. In, yeah, it protects interns because interns aren't protected under the employment act. Um, so help the elderly. So these are these are it basically doesn't uh it it helps everyone basically who has been sexually harassed who has been affected mm. by it. Mm. Yeah. So like, what do you think that um you're taking such a long process to pass? a bill on sexual harassment in Malaysia. I felt like if you compare to other countries like Mm -hmm. Japan, Korea, when they are having all these issues, Mm -hmm. it takes much more faster at one step in tackling this compared to our country. 
No, I, I do think in some ways we're still a conservative country, so that takes a while for us to realize that, oh, this is actually sexual harassment and this is actually wrong. So we actually have to do something about it. So I think if I always say that if you want to enact change, you have to do two things. You have to change it on the social level and you have to change it on the policy level. So mm. sometimes the policy takes a, a little while longer just because uh, the government kind of moves slowly. But one thing you can change is also the social social aspect of it. So you can actually start with your community itself. You know, like I said, it's like so many students didn't know it was sexual harassment, didn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So you can actually talk to your friends about it. Yeah, so like regarding about discussion, like besides like talking to family and friends, close friends and family, mm-hmm. do you think that as an individual, normal citizen, bringing up such issue on social media, is it a strategic way of speaking up about this issue? I think for sure social media is the way to go. I think obviously there are better better ways, you know, like like I said, talking to, to your community. But in terms of getting through a larger number of people, like expanding your reach, then yeah, social media is the way to go. I think it's the best tool that we have right now in order to amplify our voices. Mm, yeah, but then uh, sometimes we found that usually when we bring up an issues on social media, it become very hot issue or trending issues and a lot of people discuss about it. But after this trend, then it was quickly forgotten by the public. Yeah. So uh, what can we do to keep uh, make um, people aware about this yeah, issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to make it consistent and make it human because I think when we want to get deep about it, it's like especially on social media, I think we do still use it to connect to other people. So mm. if you use your platform and your kind of social media presence to kind of have a side of personality and have that human interest kind of thing going out with your content, then that makes it real. You know, mm. it's not just statistics. It's not just academic facts. It's mm. about people who actually go through this. Mm. There's people who actually experience this. Mm, does uh, Ayin have something to add on about to keeping the momentum in social media? Well, the main reason that we want to keep talking about it in social media is so that um, people will be prompt to actually make a change. It's mm. actually talking more about social media is actually about wanting the people in power to realize what's actually mm. happening in our country mm. right now. Like, you know, trends, as you say, that, like, they come and go. Like, mm. the people will talk about it and then they'll, mm. they'll forget about it. Mm. Mm, yeah okay i think it's really tech uh, energy and effort for us to keep the momentum and then we believe that slowly we'll attract more people to join us yeah so like as you're talking about social media utilizing social media in regarding this issue do you think that as a traditional media like newspaper or more official platforms did they really um doing their part in talking about this um, I personally think there are some newspapers, uh, news, uh, media, it's doing a lot more for the movement. I think mm. Malaysia Kini. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that they put out a whole list of uh schools that were actually reported to have period spot checks, and then they gave it to the they they wanted to give it to the Ministry of Education. Mm. And lots of others are also doing the same, like says and stuff. So the traditional media should also work with social media in amplifying these stories and kind of making them a bit more heard and a bit more formalized in like newspapers and like online newspapers and stuff. So 
Yeah, we are talking about like how newspapers and social media um tackling this issue. So like throughout the years, as closely all these NGOs, including Awam, have been trying to voicing out about the issue. Do you think that there's any improvement in terms of like maybe media portrayals or in、mm. people mindset like throughout the whole years? I think. It's making a positive change in that more people are talking about it, and it's getting more attention. So,、uh, Awam has been fighting for this for I want to say decades, even like twenty years or something, to get an、uh, to get a sexual harassment bill. So back then, maybe it wouldn't have even been in newspapers because people were scared to talk about it. But now, it's out there. People are are actively having a conversation about it, and. You know, Astro Awani put it up, and there's lots of big media companies who are actually realizing that this is a big issue, and people need to start really paying attention to it and really addressing it. So I think that has improved in terms of now people are actually talking about it in the mainstream media. It's not just like NGOs, it's not just like smaller groups. It's hopefully making it to the people who actually can make the change, the ministries themselves.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, want to ask Ayn about what actions you uh want to take to fight until like what kind of uh the step or what kind of result that you would like to see? I wouldn't want to see any other seventeen-year-old to be forced and to be um to be like needing to tell other adults on what the country needs to do. We asking that question to our ministers. Please. Give us like what are you going to do to address this issue? And right now, clearly, we don't see that kind of responsibility, that kind of action being taken. And I am like shocked that I still have to give the solution to the problem that I have talked about. That literally, like people have been trying to break the silence on, but we as a community, we haven't been able to do that. People don't want to talk about it. People, people um keep silencing people that do want to talk about it. And in the end, there's no action taken. We need to address our people in power and ask them what are they going to do about it.、Mm, yeah, that's very thoughtful. So to wrap up this sessions, what will your key message be? Or uh, start with Elisa. I think it's amazing that the Make School Safer Place movement has. Grown so much. I know it's not a lot, but we can make a bit of a difference, even if it's just like one voice amplifying another. There's there's so much power and bravery in speaking up, and obviously, what we really want is policy change. What we really、mm-hmm. want is to see the schools actually being safer for our students. But I think another thing that's just a key message is just the fact that if you are going through sexual harassment. I think remember that it's not your fault. There will always be people with opinions, and it sucks to go through, and it's horrifying that people are still going through it. And there's、mm-hmm. always someone who can help, even if you want to reach out to Awam, because you know some people might not have the support system around them. So you can reach out to us if you if you can't find that support around you. But just remember that it's not your fault. It's never the survivor's fault. Yeah. Okay. Ah,、uh, how about Ayn? What's your Maybe just some message to your friends or to the youth that will want to encourage them. Or do you have something to add in? Um, I really hope uh that with my sharing we can really see that it involves the well 
the well-being of our students mm. basically and like mm. to any youth or people my age out there um don't be scared or feel invalidated by people mm. who say the, because um that's completely false and um i hope that you understand we will be able like to change things as long as we start with ourselves mm. so yeah yeah Okay, so we have received many insights after listening to Elisa and Ain. So let's continue to play our part in voicing out for sexual harassment in school and hope that this podcast will collectively increase the public awareness on this subject matter, especially among the youth. So before we end, do remember to check out Awam's social media page at Awam Malaysia and also Ain's TikTok account uh, at ANT33ATER to learn more about sexual harassment as they are constantly educating on their platforms. So here's the wrap. Thank you for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Bye.